Have you ever wondered if a medical transition is spiritually or morally appropriate? <laughs> because I sure have, especially when I was pre-transition. And looking back, I feel like this was actually one of my biggest mental blocks, which was preventing me from pursuing my gender-related goals. I mean, I grew up in like a super ultra-religious environment, and so that obviously created certain god slash morality conditioning within me. So I think that just like at the end of the day, what was happening is that I would just just gotten into this habit of looking for approval outside of myself within the realm of morality, if that makes sense. You know, whether I was looking to God or to enlightenment or to spirituality, I was just constantly assuming that other people, other belief systems knew better than I did. Or, you know, even if I wasn't looking to a specific person, I was still intuitively sensing into the culturally appropriate in general consensus of certain groups of people in order to somehow like validate my deeply personal gender related decisions. So it was basically kind of like, okay, every time I wanted to take a step in the direction of my truth, I would immediately go through this incredibly draining internal battle where I was just straight up fighting against my own natural, organic, wholesome inclinations. Oh yeah, not to mention all the shame and the self-criticism and the self-loathing and the guilt. It was all on the grounds of somebody else's ideas about right and wrong. And okay, so now that I've had some time to reflect on that experience, I want to speak to you in a way that I would speak to my younger self. So first off, I think that these self-bypassing tendencies come from a sort of hypervigilance combined with codependency, which is basically like from an early age, we get into the habit of overtuning to our surroundings and then adjusting or modifying our behavior in order to fit in and stay safe. So first things first, I think that it's really helpful to both acknowledge and respect the immensity of the task that we as queer people are up against. And that way, all of a sudden, we can immediately introduce a foundation of compassion into our practice. Because when you take steps in the direction of your truth, or when you even emotionally, mentally put yourself in that position, it's entirely possible that you can sense that you are both implicitly and explicitly rejecting the moral expectations of your family, of your culture, of your religion, your tradition. And so if nothing else, please have compassion for yourself and also see if you can appreciate the value of your life experience and recognize how it's actually influencing the evolution of humanity. I mean, as far as I can tell, you're quite literally on the leading edge of a creative revolution. Like this is how humanity changes. People like you who are honoring who they are. And I think that it's also crucial to recognize like this is the bottom line. The most appropriate and effective way for you to navigate a situation as intense as this, it has to be according to your own internal guidance system because this is not somebody else's life experience, right? It's yours. You're the one who feels how you feel and loves how you love. And the sooner that you can really own that and fully step into your life experience on the leading edge, the sooner that you can make decisions that are aligned with your personal moral code. And so that implies that there's going to have to be a sort of self-discovery process that is not only gender related, but also like moral related, like what is right for you. And if you 
happen to not go that route and you end up adopting somebody else's version of morality, whether that's somebody else is a parent or a teacher or, or a role model, like even though it's painful and even though you can sense like it's not compatible, it's also in a weird way playing it safe. And what I mean by that is the pain associated with self-bypassing is actually associated with our need to stay inside of our comfort zone and imprisoning ourselves within an inauthentic moral code is actually in a twisted way, just another trauma-based strategy for staying safe. And the reason for that is because the prison of inauthentic morality is the prison we know. It's the prison we grew up in. So the idea of stepping out of that prison and into the unknown and like finding out how life is wanting to live through us, well, let's just say that it's a whole lot easier to hyper-focus on the implications of somebody else's version of morality than it is to admit that we haven't quite learned how to feel safe inside of our own life experience. So again, this is why step number one is always self-compassion because the only way for you to heal and move on from this moral predicament is if you learn how to feel safe again. Only this time, the key here is learning how to self-generate the feeling of safety from within yourself as opposed to looking for it in someone else. And that way, no matter what gender-related decision you're up against, no matter how controversial your way of life happens to be, underneath it all, you've figured out how to be safe within yourself and you've sort of established a compassionate container within your being that you can always come back to. And then because of that safe harbor, no amount of moral pressure, social obligation, traditional values, is going to be able to hold you back from an authentic and aligned way of life. All right, my friends, I'll see you in the next one.